Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco. Welcome back to another episode of the History AI Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck. And I'm Marco. Today we're diving deep into a lesser-known but incredibly significant battle of World War II, the Battle of Attu. Grab a coffee, because this is going to be quite a story. That's right, Marco. But before we dive into the nitty-gritty of the Battle of Attu, let's paint a picture of what was happening in the world at that time. Yes, setting the stage, I love it. All right, we're talking early 1940s, World War II in full swing. The Allies, mainly the US, UK, and the Soviet Union, are locked in a battle against the Axis powers, Germany, Italy, and Japan. And while much attention is given to the European theater, today we're heading to the frigid Aleutian Islands, which are way out west, near Alaska. That's right. Now, the Japanese had already invaded and occupied two of the Aleutian Islands, Attu and Kiska, in 1942. This was part of their strategy to divert the US Pacific fleet away from the Central Pacific. Yeah, it was a cheeky move really. And the US wasn't about to let that stand. So, they began planning Operation Landcrab, the effort to retake Attu. That's quite a code name, huh? Landcrab. It's certainly not Operation Scary Eagle or something, but it'll do. Now, on the US side, we had the 7th Infantry Division under the command of Major General Albert Brown tasked with retaking the island from the Japanese. The Japanese forces on Atta were under the command of Colonel Yasuyo Yamasaki. He had around 2,500 troops, and they were pretty well entrenched. And so, on May 11, 1943, American forces, amidst biting cold, whipping winds, and dense fog, landed on Atu. The terrain, rocky and rugged, made the campaign even more challenging. Exactly. The initial days saw the U.S. forces struggling to gain ground. The Massacre Bay and Holtz Bay areas saw intense combat. The Americans needed to capture key positions like Jarman Pass, which would allow them to link up their separated eastern and western beachheads. By May 17, the pass was captured, but the cost was heavy. The Japanese had placed artillery positions on the high grounds, raining shells down on American troops. It was a strategic advantage that the U.S. had to counter, often deploying their own artillery and calling in air strikes. Speaking of tactics, the U.S. employed a combined arms approach, intertwining infantry, artillery, and air power. They used their artillery not just for direct assaults but also to cut off Japanese supplies and reinforcements. Now, as the fighting progressed, there were many acts of heroism. One that comes to mind is that of Private Joe Martinez a member of the 7th Infantry Division. Oh, I've read about him. During a critical phase of the battle, Martinez single-handedly charged enemy positions, allowing his unit to advance. For his bravery, he was posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor. Absolutely a true hero. But the Japanese were tough defenders. They built strong defensive positions, and even employed banzai charges, essentially, all-out assaults intended to overrun and annihilate enemy positions. By May 29th, realizing their grim situation, Colonel Yamasaki decided on a final, desperate act, a massive bonsai charge. One of the largest of the entire Pacific War. In the early hours, Japanese forces overran American frontlines, pushing them back and engaging in brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat. But by day's end, American reinforcements and their superior numbers had halted the charge. And with that, by May 30th, the island was declared secure, though mopping up operations continued for a few days. 
From the mind behind the History AI podcast comes an electrifying journey into the past. A ripple through time, Franklin's folly. Dive into a tale where Benjamin Franklin, America's beloved inventor, takes an unexpected journey through time. But with his leap, he unleashes a powerful ripple. Now, with dark forces lurking in the shadows, harnessing this energy to shatter and enslave the world, it's a race against time. Will Franklin fix the future? Or will history rewrite itself? Uncover the secrets. A ripple through time, Franklin's folly. Time has never been more fragile. On Amazon presale now. Welcome back folks. Now, let's discuss the significance of the Battle of Attu in the grand scheme of things. Absolutely. First off, the capture of Attu was a step towards driving the Japanese out of the Aleutians, and it also eliminated any threat they posed to the west coast of North America. And more broadly, this was a piece of the larger Pacific campaign. It was about securing bases, establishing dominance, and maintaining a position of strength. Indeed. And the casualties? The Americans suffered around 3,800 casualties, among them, over 1,200 were killed in action. The Japanese? Almost their entire force of 2,500 was wiped out. Tragic. War is such a brutal business. It is. But it's worth noting that battles like Attu shaped the course of the war. They're reminders of the sacrifices made and the complexity of that global conflict. As for the lasting impact, the Aleutian campaign might be a lesser-known chapter, but it emphasized the vast scale of World War II. From the deserts of North Africa to the icy islands near Alaska, this war touched nearly every corner of the globe. Couldn't have said it better. And with that, dear listeners, we wrap up today's deep dive. We thank you for joining us on this journey through time. Absolutely. And if you've enjoyed our discussion today, please rate, follow, and share the History AI podcast with your friends and family. And don't forget, you can suggest topics for future episodes through our social media. We always love hearing from you. Until next time, I'm Marco. And I'm Chuck. Stay curious and keep exploring history.